abundance of something. So the, the, the to have an abundance of something is to have more than you more than you need it. And I just think about how you know when Katie Katie she suggested this topic for this, and that initially I was like, what does that mean to you? And you know I thought about it for me, and just in my recovery, how I get more than I need. You know, there are some moments where I feel like I am not even deserving of everything that I get as a result of just showing up for my own recovery. And I love that, you know, that theme of the spiritual abundance and how as we work through the 12 steps, we just get so much more than we could ever imagine, so much more than we ever even needed, you know, so that's the theme, that's the theme today. And uh, we have four speakers, all long timers. Um, and, I, you know, I, I, these, I, I handpicked these people because like, I, I just know I've heard their stories for years. And I know that they are experiencing spiritual abundance, um, overflowing. So let's get right into it. Each speaker will share for 15 minutes. We'll have two speakers and then we'll have a break um, where we do announcements, some gen, you know, some general house cleaning, and then we'll have the remaining two speakers share for 15 minutes each. And then we'll jump into um, uh, participant sharing. Um, so let's see, is David H. David H will be our first speaker. I've known David for years. And uh, I've benefited from just hearing his experience, strength, and hope for over the years. And um, I absolutely love his, love his recovery and just his life and seeing it and observing it over the years. So, um, David, are you online? I am. All right, brother, go ahead and take it away. Arlene will be your timer, and you can tell her how you want your time. Yeah, maybe give me about a two-minute warning would be great. Wonderful. Um, so, Orly, thank you so much for asking me to share. I would be at this meeting anyway, uh, because this is what I do on Thanksgiving morning. And, and um, you know, I'd much rather be in person. Uh, I love when we used to get together in the park. That was just so, to me, the best way to fill my, my soul, you know, on a Thanksgiving morning. Um, but this is the next best thing. And uh, I'm not a morning person. So that not having to drive and, 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 and all the other stuff in the morning before I leave. So, so I guess I can look at, uh, look at the positive instead of what I'm missing. Um, anyway, um, I'm also glad you mentioned the definition of spiritual abundance, because since I saw that as a topic, I was thinking, spirituality and a higher power is so, for me, so important part of my OA program and how OA is different from anything else I experienced before and why this program works for me and no other diet or food plan or pro, and nothing else had worked for me or I, I believe the kind of compulsive overeater I am, nothing would have worked, but the difference is, uh, uh, that we have a higher power that gets us through things. Um, but, but I'm glad because there really is, that, that's what I've got to remember. Um, there's so much here. Um, I, I want to, I'll, I'll real quick, like maybe just to give you a, a quick background on me, what, uh, what it used to be like, what happened and what I'm like now uh, in a couple minutes. I, 
I have always been a compulsive overeater. I was a fat kid, uh, a, a fat baby, a fat kid. Uh, um, and I had the ism, the, the hating myself, the, the lack of self, um, always feeling bad about myself, no self-worth. And as a little kid, I needed food to make me feel better, to take away those feelings. Um, the first feeling, I, I was, I don't know, fortunate or unfortunate, I was one of those kids that I could remember back when I was like two years old. And, and not good things. I remembered all the yucky stuff. You know, every bad feeling I held in. And of course I had to eat because, you know, there was no other substance as a little kid. But so it, I needed that food. Uh, the first memory I had was I was a kid with my mom's best friend. I was in a stroller and my mom's best friend had her son in a stroller. Uh, fast forward, we're going to see that family for Thanksgiving this afternoon. Anyway, but I remember my mom wasn't there and, and I got stuck in the stroller and my mom's friend had to untangle the strollers or whatever it was. And I just, I remember that feeling yucky, yucky. And, and it's it's funny, it's just coming to me now as I'm sharing this, that those are the, mem I kept those bad memories, all those stuff. And, and I remember we were at a food shop at a food thing, and I don't remember eating, but I remember being in front of a food place and getting food. Um, and, and that's how I went through life. All those feelings, uh, you know, in school, people would not want me to play on the sports team because I was so fat and uncoordinated. And so I would have to go home and eat and, and, and boredom and, and fill, because I had no sense of a higher power. Uh, we were raised Jewish. And my parents, uh, my dad was a Holocaust survivor, and he didn't not believe in God. Uh, and he didn't, he wasn't negative, like some people who went through that could say, how could there be a God? My father didn't have that. My mother uh, didn't have it. But all I saw was food, the religion, you know, it's a holiday, it was all about the food. Um, if it was love, it was all about how much food I give you to show you I love you. Um, it wasn't, it wasn't, it wasn't other things. And, and I didn't pick it up. And, and I got to say too, I learned in a way not to just blame my parents or the way I was raised. Cause I have a brother who was raised in the same house, same parents, uh, five years younger. So maybe things were different, but he didn't become a compulsive overeater like me. He doesn't even like the same foods I like. He's, he's uh, picky and uh, he's just, and he, and, and he was growing up, I was always, very overweight and my brother was athletic uh, taller and he couldn't gain he always wanted to gain weight that was his thing because he played sports so he needed to be he wanted to be heavier and he couldn't gain it and so it just made me feel even worse as a you know as a fat compulsive overeater here and i i used to hate my brother and again fast forward i am so happy he's, he's driving with his kids and and his ex-wife to, to meet us for Thanksgiving, because we're doing like a little reunion with our family friends. Um, and, and I'm so close to my brother. But as a kid, I hated him because he was, he was loving and warm and, and, and thin and athletic. And, and, um, and I was nothing like that. And so I just, and the more I felt bad about myself, the more food I needed, because there was nothing else. Um, the only time I lost weight, I went with my dad 
uh, to Israel to visit his sister and, and he had a few cousins uh, who were there and, and I got so much love and, and my dad and my, uh, one of my dad's cousins came with us. He was my godfather. They controlled my food for the month we were away and I lost weight, you know, but at 10 years old, I weighed more than I weigh now. I wore men's size like 36 at 10 years old. I was just probably like 80 pounds overweight. But that was the only time I lost weight. I discovered diets and diets made me gain weight even more rapidly, you know, when I would, when I would be restricted. Um, my mom, in 1973, my mom, who was obese, did a lot of sneak eating uh, behind my dad's back with me and like, okay, I'll get, anyway, that's a whole other story. But she came to OA in 1973 and she dragged me to a few meetings with her. And, you know, I did not want to do whatever my mom was doing at, at 12 years old. You don't want to do whatever your mother's doing. And uh, I couldn't fathom not having food to fill that empty hole. And I couldn't stand my mom talking about God all the time. And I thought OA would never be for me. In 1976, my mom uh, was on a comeback, a short comeback in OA, and told me about a teen meeting. One of her friends had a son who was going to go. And that's when I started OA in June 1976. I was 15 years old. So I started as a teenager and I'm now 60 and a, you know, a senior citizen in some people's uh, definition, my son's definition for sure. Um, anyway, uh, so like, how does that happen? You know, that's a spiritual whatever, somebody who could never do anything. I couldn't be on a diet one day. I would try for the day. I, I would go to sleep early when I would diet and have to wake up a few hours later and, and I would have to have the food, you know, and how can I, I started calling in my food in, in October of 1976. That's when I count my absence. And so uh, it's whatever, 44 years, 40, it'll be 40, no, 45 years. How does that happen? I don't know. You know, it wasn't a diet. I, I eat differently than some people in OA. My food plan, my absence is not a diet. It's just to eat in a way that I, I started, uh, the way I started abstaining was I just wanted to stop gaining weight. I was, you know, and I asked at that team meeting what I could do. And they said, call, why don't you start calling in your food and, and, or what you plan to eat? So it was never a diet with me. And my absence is not a diet. My absence is eating in a manner that I can maintain a, a normal weight and, and eat healthy. And, and I don't abstain from any, any specific foods. I, I basically eat three times a day, but you know, I exercise after work. And so I'll have a snack or I'll, I'll take part of my lunch and eat it just before, you know, before I leave work, if, if it's going to be a while before I have dinner, I I'm very flexible with, with my food, but not with, but my absence is not binging. It's, it's eating in a healthy manner. Um, and it's worked. I've been the same weight. My sponsor tells me that I, I am not a statue. I'm not going to be the same, but to stay within five pounds and weigh only once a month, I do that. I am, um, I'm actually about, actually at this point, uh, about 10 pounds thinner than I used to maintain. I started exercising a few years ago, a little bit more. And so I lost 10 pounds at that time, but, but I'm still about five pounds other than if I get sick, I've, I've sometimes lost a little bit more, uh, but I stay the same weight. I wear the same size clothes for, since I was in college. Um, 
you know, that's a miracle of a compulsive overeater. I'm still a compulsive overeater. Um, I, I heard on the radio, I want to talk a few minutes about uh, the topic and, and about Thanksgiving, because to me, that's the elephant in the room. Some people say it's just Thursday, but on Thursday, I don't see my family. I don't see, you know, I don't have all this food in front of me, uh, choices. But, but, I, but on the other hand, I have to still go, you know, do my program, whether it's a holiday, whether I'm on vacation. So I have to be here at a meeting. I was in a, uh, my men's stag meeting on Wednesdays as my home group during the week. And I always, you know, I go, I went to that yesterday. It filled, it filled me up. I have to do exercise. I don't over-exercise. I don't under-exercise. I do the same exercise as I would do any other like weekend day or holiday a day I'm not working. Um, I have to I have to have my program. I have to meditate. I have to read my OA books. I do that every day and say the first three steps over food, over my work, over my family, over my health. Uh, today I added over Thanksgiving. Um, on Thursdays I call my sponsor because I have to have an, an appointment, so I don't go. You know, so I keep my routine. I'm going to call my sponsor today. Uh, I'll do it. I'm going to Israel next week. We're going on a trip. Uh, to visit family, God be willing, and on Thursdays or is is whenever I can, I'm going to call my sponsor anyway because I, you know, absence and program, my, my doesn't take a break. You know, there's not a holiday from that, and so that's what I remember today. I heard uh, on the radio this week, a radio show, uh, to not over, and. Um, and it was all great suggestions, things I probably do myself, meals, and it was a lot of great suggestions. And I thought, why do I have to go to OA all these years? Why couldn't I just listen to this 20-minute show? That's your two and, minutes, David. Great. And so why couldn't I just, you know, it's great stuff. And I, and, and. Happy Thanksgiving to everyone. Anyway, I, um. I realized that, not realized, the difference is that I need a higher power. I need, I need the steps. I, it's not, you can't tell me, I can intellectually know food isn't going to make me happy, right? Or if I leave a meal stuffed, that's going to make me feel worse, not better. I, but as a compulsive overeater, knowing it isn't the same. It's, it's, it's being in the right spiritual place. Yesterday, like I said, I went to my men's meeting. Afterwards, uh, a sponsee called me and somebody else who asked me to uh, temporarily sponsor them. I, I talked to them. I had also taken a long walk, and it was beautiful, windy, cold. I love that fall weather. I walked, actually, because the meeting was on Zoom. I walked. I was so filled. I came home, had dinner, and it was probably, I looked at it, and I thought, it's probably a little less calories than I, I probably can have a little bit more. I was so actually filled up. I'm like, I feel fine. Why am I going to have more? Why do I need an extra whatever? I had a slice of fruit and I said, you know, that's enough. I'm done. It, it's because I was filled spiritually, not because my head said, oh, this is the right way to eat or, oh, I can have more tomorrow if I eat less today um, or, or whatever. It was, and that's what always works for me. My sponsor tells me to, to, to when I'm going to, you know, a meal like today, or when I, uh, you know, go out with family or whatever it is, get into the people, not the food. 
and I have to I have to remember that. And there's something about being around people is then a higher power works through them, and all of a sudden, my compulsion isn't so bad, and and, and that's not me by nature. Any that's of the, your time, the, David. Thank you. I'll wrap it up. Any of the the thing, the beautiful life that I have today, I would never have without this program, without without absence, uh, without all of the fellowship here that uh, that. Uh, that helps me. So anyway, thank you all for being here. I wish everybody a, a great, happy Thanksgiving. All right, before we continue, if anybody recognizes any names, Kay Kaufman, Marco Windsor, Zoom at CH private, message me or text me if you have your number, because I'm not going to admit people from the waiting room who have suspect names. I'm not saying I know everybody, but I know a lot of names and those don't sound familiar to me. So that way, if people text you and say, I can't get in, please let me know their names and I will admit them immediately. Thank you. Thank you, Susan. And thank you, David. Um, yeah, we were hit with a little storm during your share. Um, and you were a real soldier and getting right back, getting right back on point and not allowing that to distract you. And, continuing to carry the message of recovery. And I appreciate that. And uh, yeah, I think we got a hold, we got a hold on, we got a handle on this and uh, we should be moving forward smoothly um, from now on. So our next speaker, um, somebody that uh, every interaction I have with this person, it's like a, it's like a encountering like a neutron in space. Like just her energy is just incredible um disco linda is what i call her and uh she's just a shining example of recovery and just her spirit is just so big to me and, and just incredible so i'm glad that she's here to share her experience strength and hope linda go ahead and take it away thank you Ore. my name is linda and i am an anorexic bulimic and a compulsive exerciser and Linda, uh, would you like it, any kind of a warning on your time? Ah, uh, yes, I would. Can you give me five, five and a two minute, please? Happy to. Great. Thank you. Uh, AKA Disco Linda. I am a disco queen. I go way back and uh, was loving the music that you played already earlier, you know, just to set the tone, because that's how I love to set the tone. Makes me happy. Music has power over me. Um, thank you, Ore, for asking me to share today. It's truly an honor and a privilege to be here. And, uh, and I'm so grateful to be talking about spiritual abundance. What, what a huge topic. And oh my gosh, there's so many things I would love to share, but I'm just going to try to focus on a few things that really stand out to me and really exemplify spiritual abundance in my life today. And I have a lot of spiritual abundance. Um, I have 24 years of abstinence and uh, very, very grateful to my higher power, which I choose to call God for that. And of course, this transformational program. The power in this program is just unlimited. And, and I believe too that spirituality is unlimited. As long as I'm on this planet, I will be growing spiritually, one day at a time, one day at a time. I love to reflect on the promises and probably one of my favorite promises is 
my whole attitude and outlook upon life will change. And it really has, and it continues to change. The way I see things today is so much different than the way I used to see things. Um, just a sneak peek uh, from where I come from. You know, I, to, sum, to sum it up very simply, I come from not enoughness. Um, I was, you know, anorexia is at the core of my being. Uh, and I was all about control, trying to control everything and everyone. And I was willing to die to try to control my body, to starve myself, to restrict myself. Smallness was the way I lived. Just smallness and, and you know, it, it reaches out to every aspect of my life. You know, whether I was selecting something, I would select the, the lesser expensive thing. I mean, so it went into my spending. I wouldn't buy anything unless it was on sale. And if it was marked down twice, oh my God, I have to have it. Um, you know, that just not measuring up enough. Of course, some of it came from my being raised in an alcoholic home, an abusive home. And that, of course, set the stage. But, you know, my eating disorder is separate. Um, I had a million food rules and rituals. Um, I was addicted to the scale. Um, I wanted to be the thinnest person in the room. And this just extended to every area of my life. Of course, my binging and my purging, you know, because I vacillated from one to the other, you know, binging and purging. And, you know, it was the biggest secret I thought I would take to my grave. And the compulsive exercising, I mean, more was my favorite word, two a days. You know, I was a gym rat and I was proud of it. You know, might as well set up shop at the gym. And, you know, then I started teaching aerobics and abs classes and stuff. It was just absolutely insane. And I'm just so grateful I don't have to live like that anymore. That I have an incredible life and a life beyond my wildest dreams. And, you know, I love the slogans in the program. I think the slogans are just great. And I just think of them and I love to be reminded of them. And my favorite slogan is let go and let God. Let go and let God. I remember early on, I heard this term and I'm like, let go of what? And <laughs> let go of what? And let God do what? Um, and so it was very confusing. I really didn't get it. And, you know, sometimes slowly was the way I got it, very slowly. Um, just trying to learn. And really it was about my trying to control people, trying to control her and him and them and trying to control this situation and the outcome and manipulation and this and that and all the energy and the time that I spent doing that was just crazy. And, you know, then I began to realize that I could let go of these people. I could let go of what was going on and accept the situation. I could stop manipulating the outcome. Um, and slowly but surely, as I did this, I began to get some relief. I began to feel some freedom. And lo and behold, <laughs> you know, I had more energy. I had more energy because I wasn't tied up into spending all that try time trying to control other people and other things. That's five minutes, Linda. Thank you. 
Thank you, Arlene. And then I began to really get a grasp that I had to control the outcome and I needed to let go of that. How it was gonna turn out was how it was gonna turn out. And over time, I realized that it turns out okay. That it's gonna turn out okay. You know, and I'll hear that from, from one of my sponsors. I'm in multiple programs, so I've got a wealth of sponsors. <laughs> Thank God for that. And um, because then I get to hear the voice of reason speaking to me and my higher power speaks through my sponsors. My higher power speaks through other people. You know, when I make an outreach call, my higher power speaks through me when I'm speaking to one of my sponsees. Sometimes I'm just amazed at what comes out, you know, what I'm sharing with them that I need to hear, right? And so letting go of that was real freedom. And that is what I call spiritual abundance today. What I'm able to let go of and not want to control. Do I sometimes want to control? Oh, you betcha. I definitely do. But you know, I'm human too. I'm human and I'm making progress and I'm never going to reach perfection as much as perfectionism is certainly part of my story. You know, that I get to let go of that perfectionism and I get to let go of that scale today. And my scale lives in my closet. You know, that I don't, I'm not doing that all the time. Um, there's another serenity prayer that I want to share that, that I love around this topic. And that is, God grant me the serenity to accept the people I cannot change. The courage to change the one I can and the wisdom to know that one is me. You know, and that's such a good reminder because I'm the only person I can really control. That's the only legitimate power I have is over me. I don't have the illusion of control is just an illusion, but I really don't have that ability to control others. You know, I really don't. And that is what I have to surrender today. I've got to surrender and let it go, to just let it go. Fear has always been a big part of my life. I feel like from the get-go, I was fear-based and my, my decisions were based on fear. And thank God I don't have to live like that anymore. But um, the one story that I want to share is that when I was very young, I don't know how old I was, the memory is very, very cloudy, but I remember taking an art class and the art teacher was not very complimentary of me. In fact, she was really negative about my work and, um, you know, really kind of critical um, in her way of teaching her method. And, uh, but, you know, I took it deeply. I took it to heart. And, you know, over the years, I would never come close to, you know, doing any drawing or painting or anything like that. It was just, it wasn't, wasn't me. I mean, my, my artistic work is on the dance floor. I love to dance. And it's one of the very, very spiritual things I do because it brings me right into the moment, into the here and now. And that's where I live spiritually. Because if I'm in the past, if I'm in, up in the future, I am not 
connected to my higher power. I'm not in the moment. And that's where the power is. So, so I had this fear of doing any kind of artwork, you know, just, oh, no way, not going to touch it. So during the pandemic, I got an email from my local cultural community center, and they have all different classes and different meetings and all kinds of things going on. And they have an art class, a watercolors class. And I read this and I thought, hmm, there was something appealing about it. And then I read about the teacher. And in the description of the teacher, it said, compassionate, compassionate. When I read that, I thought, hmm, maybe, I don't know, but no. But there was something about it piqued my interest. And so I began talking to people about it. I even put it on Facebook. Then I put it on Facebook for, I was looking for input and I got so much encouragement. You go girl, why don't you try it? You'd be great at it. All the next five minutes, Linda. Thank you, thank you. So I, I signed up for that art class. Was I nervous? Oh yeah, I was nervous. I showed up the first day so early. Like I'm a beginner, I'm a beginner and I don't know what I'm doing and I'm very nervous. I told the teacher and she said, don't worry, just have a seat. And I got, I had all my supplies ready and you know, I'm still taking that art class. I'm still taking that art class and I am enjoying that art class. And it's been almost a year and I've actually been happy with some of my artwork. You guys, this is spiritual abundance in my life, taking contrary action, allowing God to work through other people, allowing God to guide me and just trusting that one step at a time, I can do things that I never would have thought about doing, never would have dreamed about doing. I'm, I go to the art class, it's like, it's like a big, wonderful, enjoyable time out and I've met new people and the joy, the joy I get from attending the class is just indescribable and I'm loving it. I'm gonna stick with it. Just bought some new paper. I have new paints, you know, and I'm just enjoying it. And it's good for my anxiety, you know, that I'm in the moment in that art class. And so, you know, I love that. I, I spoke a little bit about dancing. Um, and, you know, it's about being in the moment for me. And I want to talk about how I get there because in the morning, I have a dedicated time. It's, it's time for me to connect to my higher power that I choose to call God today. And I'm comfortable with that, but it took a while. It took a minute. And I set aside that time and it's a very important time. And it's, for me, it's about taking out an insurance policy. Connecting with my higher power is taking time out to read something that will help get me into the right focus for the day, to help me have a better perspective of the day. And of course, I ask God to help me stay abstinent and sober today. To help me, one of my favorite prayers is, God, help me to release these thoughts that do not serve me. Help me to release these thoughts that do not serve me. Because I still have thoughts sometimes, you know, whether it's not eating enough food or whether I want to 
exercise and then go dancing. No, 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 no. I practice moderation in my exercise. I practice moderation in all aspects of my life. Thank you. You taught me that. It's an important tool for me. And so I set aside that time to pray, to connect. It's like I need that connection. I need that time. Two minutes, Linda. Thank you. And then I take time out to meditate. And that's really setting the stage for my day in a peaceful way so that I can begin to be gentle, loving, and kind to myself, to be forgiving to myself. And then I get to take that out into the world. Then I get to practice that with other people. And that's when I get to try to be my best, the best version of myself, the, the person that I've always wanted to be, the person that God is intending me to be. And that's what I want to do. And one of the things I've also come to do is, is teach meditation. I, I do an OA guided meditation once a month for the San Fernando Valley inner group. And I love doing it. And I love sharing that service with other people. Service. I love service. Being able to, to give the message of hope and recovery to other people. To help give the guiding words, encouraging words to others that was given to me. You know, and I'm so grateful for that. You know, I get to hear one of the reasons I pray. And one of the things I pray is, God, please help me to hear the still small voice. The still small voice, because my my ego is the loud voice. My ego is like, oh, no, no why don't you go jump on the scale? Why don't you? Oh, you know, you don't eat, need all that food. Oh, it's a sale. You know, no. I get to live large today. I get to embrace life. I get to embrace everything about life. I get to trust God today. I get to trust the program. I get to trust you. I get to expand in life today. I get to listen to that still small voice. And that's the voice of my higher power. That's the voice that helps me in the right direction. To help make the better choices that's your time the voice that helps me practice forgiveness and that's my time and i just want to wrap it up by saying thank you again for the opportunity to be here today and to share my message and i invite you to please don't quit before the miracle and surely don't quit after the miracle thank you oh man Whoo. I personally needed to hear that. That was an awesome message. Uh, this thing really works. And God, you know, God is real. God is real for me. That power is real. And that's what I was hearing from your share. And it's okay to just let it go. Let it go and surrender and trust. Thank you, Linda. So we're going to have our intermission. intermission um, and Susan is going to make an announcement. Susan, are you still there? Well, when she she's probably taking a little break, but uh, we have the donation link in the chat. I'm going to repost that for you. Um, if you would like to make a donation to the LA Intergroup, 
Um, I'm going to do that right now. And um, so there's the, the link for the donations. Um, are there, in, so Lewis, are you on the line? Do you want to make an announcement for the OA birthday party? Okay, here I oh, am. So is. sorry, I'm here. I am here, I am here. Craig, I'm admitting you. Okay, first of all, thank you everyone for your support today with our unfortunate incident before. Again, if people are coming on who you know, if we don't recognize their names, we are not going to let them in. So seamless handled, thank you, LA Intergroup as always. And thank you, O-Ray, so much. Look at this, 283 people. I haven't had much time to do my favorite thing to scroll the countries. But I know that we have people here from the UK, Ireland, Israel, Canada. And if you're here from anywhere else, I apologize that I've missed your country, but I've tried to keep this meeting clean and going. Um, so again, thank you everybody and O'Ray, always a fabulous event. We're sorry we aren't in the park with you, or are we? It's a little windy outside, it's a little hot. I'm not so sure that I'm unhappy that I'm not sitting under a tree complaining how hot I am, which I tend to do. Um, guess what, party people? OA is turning 62, 62 years young. January. We will be on Zoom one last time. Window of opportunity to all be together so that our friends from all over the world can join us. We have already renegotiated the deals for the next three years. Um, Lewis, Arlene and myself, we all went to the Hilton the other day. It was actually very exciting to be in there. Um, I took a picture by the Christmas decorations. Um, it was lovely. They're very, very excited to start saving your money. But this year, window of opportunity, be with your friends from all over the world. $30, including all of the recordings. Come on. Tell me that isn't fabulous, right? Beautiful flyer designed by the fabulous KTM, who's with her family back east right now. Come one, come all. We don't have official scholarships, but we do have an angel fund. And thank you to all of those who have offered to sponsor people. So kind. We want everybody to be included. Lewis is my co-chair. O'Ray, I just make him be involved regardless. And we hope to see you all there. My number is by my name please reach out. And again, round of applause for O'Ray for this phenomenal event. Back over to you, O'Ray. Thank you. Awesome. Awesome. And we're glad that everyone's here. And we're going to continue this, this show with uh, one of my brothers. I'm uh, privileged to say this is part of my spiritual abundance and having brother a brotherhood. Um, and uh, this is somebody who is near and dear to my heart. And uh, has contributed greatly to my recovery. Um, and I'm glad to say I walk with him on this journey. Craig K, are you there, brother? Uh, we may need to unmute him. Let's see. I yeah. let him back in. He had left and then he was back. There's been power outages in the valley. He's here. Craig's here. Craig, you should be able to unmute yourself. There we go. Thank you, Susan. Arlene, may I have five, 10 and 14, please? You I'm got Craig. It. Thank you. I'm Craig, I'm a compulsive overeater. Um, you know, it's so funny growing up, it's not like I went, 
God, I hope I can be the third speaker at a Thanksgiving marathon in Overeaters Anonymous. That's not what, that's not what it was all about, right? Um, and it is indeed an honor and a privilege. And it's so funny that you were playing Chain of Fools because I'm going to go down and just go like, start with Aretha F, who may she rest in peace, may have been one of us. Just going to say it. And I look at this Chain of Fools on the screen. I had it on my screen. I had it on my iPad. And for some reason, it's dying. So I'm on my phone. So I have Arlene on my, on my screen. And I'm, I'm happy about it. That's a beautiful face to see. So we are a chain of fools. If I'm a, I am part of a chain of fools if I do this alone. But I get to break that chain and join hand in hand, as Roseanne used to say, with a group. So if I do this in the eye, I'm screwed. If I grab onto the we, I will continue to stay abstinent. So if there is even one person on this line that is brand new, and this is your first meeting, welcome. Um, I got here in 1988. I have 12 years of abstinence. I'm maintaining a 90 pound weight loss. So if you do the math, you will know that I had a few a few, a few terms of abstinence and I got a little bit too busy and a little bit too special for all of you. And I slowed down my program and put on hundred pounds a couple of times. And today I don't have to do that. So I'm honored to be with the other three leaders. I'm not gonna even announce who the lady is after me because she is one of my all time favorites. You know, Disco Linda, <clears throat> David H. You know, I had the perfect set on the iPad. The art was in the right place. The ceiling that I don't love was kind of not lit perfectly. The cat's ear was not showing. And now I'm on my phone. God's like, get over yourself and just freaking be a service. Be of service. To, be, to wake up on Thanksgiving morning, not worrying about the family of plumbing, right? What's going to go on? Whoa. Because those are the old days. I ate a lot. And then I let it go. And I ate. And I let it go. And I was in agony. And that's all it was. That's all it was. Today's a Thursday. And I heard it said, today is a Thursday. Why is it a Thursday? Because I do a lot of work. Because I got up. I didn't go to the fridge. <clears throat> I went to a men's meeting this morning. Didn't go to the fridge. Started clean up didn't go to the fridge. So if you are new, there's a lot in my life today. And this is about spiritual abundance. So anything I do today, whether I'm having a quote, good day or a quote, bad day, I don't take it out on the food. That in and of itself is a flipping miracle. And a number of months ago, I was, I called my sponsor who's for every 385 words I have, he has one or two. And I was really trying to figure out God and higher power. And am I doing enough? Am I doing a little enough? And blah, 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 blah. He said, and I said, what do you do? And I asked him, I asked direction. It tells me, you know, listen to the, read the book, do what the book tells me and get it through a human being. So I asked my sponsor about God. He said, well, what I do, if I need to question God or I'm questioning God, I go to the ocean. And I stand there and I look at it and I go, huh, did I make that wave? No, 
if you really want to spend some time, you stand there and you wait for the sun to go down. You try to lift it yourself, right? Good luck. So there is a power out there that's greater than me. And, you know, when I was asked to lead this a number of months ago, I started planning, of course, which is hysterical. It's hysterical. So we're Zoom bound. iPad doesn't work. Hair is okay today, you know. Um, but all this planning is hysterical. And I'm thinking, what is spiritual abundance for me? So here I am at home. Got a new book, some new a new Bose speaker, and I hooked it up. And there I am listening to Joni Mitchell. So if any of you are too young to know who she is, ask Google, right? Ask Alexa. And um, so here I am sitting for hours. What does this have to do with Overeaters Anonymous? Sitting for hours, relaxing, listening to music without food. Woke up this morning, abstinent breakfast without excess food. 10 minutes left. Thank you. Prayed, meditated. I did not do a formal meditation this morning. I am not perfect. And what I have found for me is I meditate and pray intermittently now throughout the day. And I used to hear people, now I've been here a long time. And I used to hear people say, you know, I talk to God, I checking in with God. And I do that now. And all I know is there is a power out there that is allowing me to know, and I believe that I will, I'm gonna go out for lunch. I found who's open near me, pick up a salad like I did yesterday and the day before that, go to my family's, bring some food that I can eat because there's some things that I can't eat. I choose not to on my abstinence plan. Um, and I'll be abstinent. And I'll go to sleep abstinent. I have a feeling, you know, I can say God willing, God's willing is Craig willing. So I was on a meeting this morning and a gentleman was sharing about, ah, yeah, I have kind of, you know, it's my first Thanksgiving and I have kind of a general plan. And it was a kind of a, a give and take conversation. Someone said, whoa, your first abstinent Thanksgiving and you have a general plan. How about some specifics? So I will share with you what will, you know, I have 12 years. It doesn't mean a damn thing if I choose to do this alone today, right? I could lose my abstinence, snap of a finger. So what will I do on the way to my mom's that has its own mishigas? It has its own fears. It has its own stories in my mind of how it's going to be, right? I already know how it's going to be. I don't know anything. What will I do on the way? I will make calls on the way. If any feelings come up or if feelings don't come up, I'm going to call to connect with others. I'm going to call to connect with fellows to say, how are you? What are you doing? What can I do for you? What are you eating today? Is your food set? Is your food planned? How can I help you? And that's not me because me, I want to stay home. I want to stay alone and I want to eat. And I choose not to do that today. After this at 10.45, I have a, um, I got a text from somebody who I met on a meeting months ago. I don't know who this, who it is. This person may be online right now. And he simply said, can I talk to you on Thanksgiving? It was yesterday. It was yesterday or today. Can I talk to you about eating? I said, absolutely. 10.45, meeting set, right? This is a, this is a, this is what I do. 
to keep this, it doesn't suggest I give it away. It doesn't say, you know what, to keep your absence, you may want to give it away. No, it says I must. I have to give it away in any way that I can, you know. Um, my job today is to be of service. I just got a text. My, my family, um, a lot of them, they drink a lot and I choose not to drink. It's part of my abstinence. And I just got a text from my niece who, you, you name it, I can judge her for something, right? Because she's not perfect and she's a human being. So I judge her because I'm a human being. And I just got a text, Uncle Craig, what would you like to drink? And I told her. Um, I don't know what is coming out of my mouth. But what I do know is by suiting up and showing up and being of service and sitting here drinking water and not hiding donuts, I can stay abstinent, right? So getting back to Chain of Fools, I love that song. I love that song. And I love the concept of we are a chain of fools, but together we can do this. You know, there are, there's a marathon meeting all day in the San Fernando Valley Intergroup. If you need that information, just text me. I'll get it to you. Easy to find. There are meetings all day everywhere. <clears throat> and the minute I think I've got this lick to 12 years, I get to pull up a picture of myself right before I came back. And I get to get a picture of myself in my mind because one was never taken of me almost to 300 pounds in a little tiny convertible not being able to fit in the car. I get to remember me losing my business because I ate too much that I couldn't focus on a business and had to close the doors. Were there more reasons than that? Of course. Economy, sure. Was I binging my ass off? Yeah. What does this have to do with Overeaters Anonymous? Everything. It starts with the food. For me, I eat soberly. If anybody wants to know what that means, feel free to call me. Actually, don't even text. Yeah, call me. Pick up the phone. That old thing where we used to pick it up and say hello. Do that. Final five minutes. Thank you. It's, um, this is my life. It's really simple. You know, there's a wonderful meeting on Monday. It'll, it'll remain anonymous. It's a, it's a, um, a miracles meeting on Monday night. How's that? Um, Monday night miracles is saying, you know, we, we are the program. And to the best of my ability, you know, it comes to mind, it's really funny. I had a flashback. My sister looked at me years ago when we were in some argument about my mother's health. And she goes, you're so damn spiritual. And then we all started laughing about it. Because, yeah, I am so damn spiritual. I am not doing this alone. And spiritual abundance is to be able to go through my life at a normal body weight. To go through my life, I've heard fear discussed this morning so eloquently. I'm scared of everything. When the Zoom bomber came on, I immediately turned into an eight-year-old. I got scared and I texted a fellow. I said, I am scared. I'm 59 years old. No one is gonna jump out of the screen at me, but I have this overwhelming fear that I'm not gonna be taken care of. So I ate, right? Today I have a fear and I texted or I call it, or I email it, or I pray it. You know, if I was, if perhaps if I was Buddha, I could get right to God. But um, let's see, I think, I don't know if that was a text to me. 
um, I need, I usually get through to a higher power through human beings. It's just my way. Sometimes I can get quiet and get a direct message. But to have this gift, this is a gift. I do not know why 1988, October 17th, 1988, I made a phone call and got help. And I don't know why that happened, but from one day to the other, I went from binging my brains out to eating three meals a day and two snacks as prescribed by a professional. I do know, I do not know why I walked back a month later and I looked at the scariest man in the room and I said, would you sponsor me? Who is now my grand sponsor. He was my sponsor for four years and he is now my grand sponsor. How blessed, how blessed am I? You know, he, he, he's about a year ahead of me. Thank God to my sponsor. My sponsor has, I think, four or five years and I have 12. And the beauty of that is my way is to talk about the past. You don't understand what it was like in 1993. He doesn't care. What's it like 11, 25, 21? What is it like today? What are you going to do today? So I, what I say to everyone on the line, there's a lot of people on this line. What are you going to do today to stay abstinent and to help your fellow? What are you going to do today? How are you going to put that in action? So, you know what? I think that is all I have to share. Um, I thank you all. I am honored and ore. I love you, my brother. And uh, thank you for taking my whack ass texts last night. Because I, I, I was in a low place and uh, it felt good to just get it out and share what was going on in my mind. So uh, that's all I've got to say. Thank you. Thank you, bro. But, you know, you continue to be an example of how I live this thing on a day in, day out basis. You know, run, you know, sunshine, rain, sleet, snow. How do I walk through this on a daily basis, Thanksgiving or not? So thank you, brother. In our last year, so I've had four mothers in this program. <laughs> and you know regrettably two of them have passed and they they've seen me since I was a little little boy in this program 17 years old and Lonnie G is one of those mothers and uh well it's no I, I, that's all I can say I love her dearly and Lonnie go ahead and take it away Lonnie, how would you like your time? Oh, you're muted. I think she needs to, oh, right, something's wrong with her. Mute, please. Ah, bingo, can you hear me? Okay, Whew. that's a little bit scary. First off, wow, I'm just taking it all in, guys. I'm just taking it all in. Thank you, I'm trying not to cry. Thank you, Ore, for the invitation. Thank you, Susan, for the service. Thank you to the people, David, Craig, Disco Linda. Disco Linda, I'll meet you one day on the dance floor. I'm old, sweetie, but I still have rhythm. Craig, you know I love you. And David, Grace under pressure this morning. Oh, my God. Okay, and usually, usually I'm out of town on Thanksgiving. But this, this year, the family is not gathering today. Um, 
We're also not gonna gather on Christmas due to the pandemic and we wanna be safe. We're gonna gather on December the 11th for a few days and we're gonna celebrate Thanksmas. But in the meantime, we're gonna have a Zoomy Zoom meeting right after this meeting, people. I'm gonna Zoom with my family and I just remembered, I have coffee, I haven't had breakfast. I'm not hungry, hmm. I'm here, I am feeding. So when Ore called, I was really grateful to be able to say yes today. I could share, and I'm gonna try and wrap it up in 15 minutes, 35 years and eight months ago. 35 years and eight months ago, 340 pounds, morbid fat, and existing only in a daily fog of sugar addiction and food gluttony. I would wake up in the morning, bake a couple of cakes before I went to work. I couldn't stop that behavior. Oh, let me also remind you, uh, I was lying, cheating, sneaking, shoplifting. So I'm a liar, a cheat, a sneak, and a thief. And that's what it was like. That, and and, and that, that, that's where I was. Okay, I am the size of two people. I can't stop the behavior. I'm ashamed and miserable. I can't stop the behavior. I'm making my own moo-moo pattern clothes and wearing men's shoes. I can't stop the behavior. My job, my desperately needed livelihood is under threat. I can't stop the behavior. I'm blind to how my family desperately needs my mental, spiritual, as well as everything else support. I am disconnected. I can't fix it. I'm completely without power. I can't stop the behavior. I need to escape. And like I said, I'm lying, cheating, sneaking, and shoplifting. And that's how I met you. That was 19, that was January of uh, 1986. So here I am, 35 years, eight months later. My holidays don't look anything like they did then. My poor brain at that time must have been exhausted. Um, I finally recognized that the fear is strong, like an ever-present low hum. And I cannot speak this to anyone. There's nobody that I know that speaks this language. I don't even know. I don't even have the words yet to be able to speak this language. So I'm 43, I'm 340 pounds. I'm terrified I'm gonna have a heart attack and die. And someone's gonna gain authority over my children. My husband would have abdicated the throne and let somebody else have authority over my children. And it was that fearful motivation that pushed me to say yes, when a friend invited me to my first OA meeting, and it was there that I spoke, I learned these powerful words that first meeting. I learned to say, Lonnie, compulsive overeater, because I recognized that truth when I heard you guys speak it. And I also met someone who would soon become my first sponsor. And that girl's job, she had one job. Her job was to make sure that I came back at the next meeting, and she was good at her job. And later, she became my dearest friend for over... 33 years until she passed away in 2017. So that particular meeting studied the AA's 12 and 12. OA did not yet even have 12. So we had not even had the first book, which was just 12. So that particular night, I bought that book, took it home to read it for the plot. And I'm looking for your secret because the people in that meeting obviously had a secret. I knew you guys had a secret. I would find your secret and I would have nothing else to do with you. I'd be done with you. I wouldn't have to be bothered with you. 
I would give up 100 plus pounds. Adios, thank you very much. And here's my first spoiler alert. There was no plot. I read the book. I couldn't find the secret necessarily. There was no plot. So the following Tuesday, my friend gives me a call and she wants to remind me, hey, you know, you're going to come to the meeting tonight and every corpuscle I have wants to break and run. And I couldn't think of a good enough lie that she would believe. So with none of the enthusiasm that I kind of had at the first meeting, I went to that second OA meeting. And right then, at the, well, at least right then, I knew what you looked like. I knew what the room looked like, already had the book. I had pen and paper and I showed up and the rest became kind of history. Now there's a little side note to this, I'm gonna jump in. This month there was an obituary in the LA Times and someone had passed away and I happened to spot her little picture and I met her at my first meeting and shared many, many meetings with her over the years. And it just so happened I was reading the obituary and there she was. So I'm sorry, she lived in Westchester and, and I, I mourned a little bit her passage. So that's, you know, kind of where I was in that January. February, not that long after, um, um, that first sponsor of mine had the nerve to suggest that perhaps I could attend other meetings. I could spend more time with you. Seriously, I'm a busy person. I got school, I got work. I got this particular meeting I'm going to on Tuesday night and she wants me to oh, show, show up at another meeting. And while I'm trying to tell her why I can't do that, she says to me, uh, there's a hundred pounder meeting on Thursday night. We can meet for dinner and I'll come with you. That was her coded speech. And what that meant was I'll make sure you get there. And she did. And again, the rest is history. Because even though I went to that meeting and I was horrified by the people there and the, the rowdiness and the noise and the conviviality of it all, I was just like you and you were just like me. And before I got home that night, I recognized that that was where I belonged. That meeting became my home meeting. This is February of 1986. And today it's still my home meeting. And in the chat is the information because tonight at 7.30, that meeting will be on Zoom and I will be there. And I'm sure I'm gonna encounter a couple of you also. So I'm going to talk about change, because change is what I call the scary, nasty C word. February 28th, I'm still in 1986, folks, so bear with, okay? Um, I was struck abstinent from sugar. And if I wasn't sure if I was really struck abstinent, this is a Friday morning after a powerful Thursday night meeting, I'm struck abstinent. And if I wasn't really sure that happened, I get to work. And I, within a few minutes after I give away four boxes of Girl Scout cookies and I walk away from a, tr a free tray of donuts. That's February 28th, Friday morning, 1986. And if I was never um, sure if I was really struck at that point, I think I started to believe and I know I started to change. And here's the miracle I heard you guys talk about. That day, that Friday morning, I. That Friday, I ate three times that day, three very large meals. And here's the kicker, because each meal, each one of those three meals ended. And at the end of the day, I was able to let it rest. Oh, I drank a lot of Diet Coke at that time. I watched some television and I went to bed and I actually could 
rest and be okay until Saturday morning when I got the breakfast. Spoiler alert, Overeaters Anonymous did not teach me how to eat. Overeaters Anonymous taught me how to stop. Nothing before had ever been able to show me, even to suggest to me how to stop. And so it's that change word. Between 1986 and today, there have been hmm, sponsors and friends to warm my heart. Hundreds upon hundreds of OA meetings, steps to work, inventories to complete and read to sponsor, workshops to attend and serve, retreats to attend and serve, mindfulness meditations to learn and practice, conventions to attend and serve, birthday parties to attend and serve, marathons to attend and serve, dances, shake your tail feathers people, every chance that you get, dances to attend and serve, wash, rinse, repeat, change. If anybody asks Lonnie, how do you change? That's my litany, that's my list. Which brings me to the topic that Ore asked about uh, when I talked to him in September, spiritual abundance. Hmm. I'd never thought of that term before Ore said it. And, and I kind of looked it up a little bit because I'm like, okay, I know individually what the words mean, but how do I marry those words and, and let it make sense to me? Would be for me, spiritual abundance would be having a very large quantity, not food, of belief in or a connection to God or a higher power. My favorite term out of the big book is sunlight of the spirit or none at all for those who don't. The beauty here is that we get to choose. I get to choose. So I'm only just going to tell my part. I'm not going to dictate what anybody else needs to do. This morning, upon awakening, this morning, and before coffee even, um, I received and I accepted my Holy Spirit's generous gifts. Freedom from the bondage of compulsive overeating. Freedom from the bondage of sugar poison. Freedom from the bondage of bad food behaviors, I invited this morning. I invited my God to guide and direct my thoughts, my words, my actions, my reactions, my exercise, and my service. I invited my God to stand with me as I prepare my meals today according to my food plan of choice, whatever I decide to do. I invite it, I receive, and I accept it. Now, in that, I have a requirement on that a spiritual abundance thing. I require a huge power, not a teeny power, a huge power. I must remember that for this to work, my higher power, my God, I got to have a big one, folks. Not a cute one, but a big one. And why so big? Because my disease is a nasty, cunning, slimy, shape-shifting, sneaky bastard and will defeat me in all that I have in all of my arsenal for protection if all I have in my arsenal is a teeny little power. My disease is going to knock me out. Therefore, I invite, I welcome to stand guard with me and I accept protection from a huge, strong Holy Spirit power. 
Please understand that each person everywhere gets to choose their own conception of how they tap in. Greater power or not, it, whatever you choose, it will work. But this is what works for me. So for me, it's kind of like if I'm wandering around, I go to a lot of movies, okay? So if I'm wandering around in the dark in the jungle, do I want a pin light to show me how to step and not to run into a wild animal or get tripped? Or do I want a spotlight that is so big that you can see it from this, the space station to light my way? The concept for me, the visual concept for me of that spotlight to light the darkness, of that huge beam of light to illuminate the murk and the darkness that wants to pull me down, that is how I see spiritual abundance. So do I want a tiny little pin light? Two minutes left, Lonnie. Thank you. Or do I want a great big spotlight to show me the way? And I got to tell you, I accept all of you here, the fellowship of Overeaters Anonymous as part of that bright light in my darkness, a very strong part of that to light the way for one more wonderful day of freedom and abundance, not to damage, but to release. Today, I live alone and it looks nothing like the old fantasies I used to have of how I was gonna binge eat when I leave alone. Today, there is no need to escape my life. Today, there's only opportunity to embrace my life. And the best of today, is here. It is joy. It is good relationships. There's laughter. There's health, healing, peace, good service. Overeaters Anonymous, right here, we have the solution. I keep my happy self. You guys have heard me laugh and say this. Sit my happy little ass down, shut up and listen. I keep my happy self right here in Overeaters Anonymous with you. I love you all so much. Thank you for letting me share today. Ooh, we, ooh, you, when, we, when we had a conversation, Lonnie said, I don't know if I could pack, what, 30-something years in the 15 minutes. Well, man, you did a great job. That was like recovery espresso. 